Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. And I'm so excited that you guys are here. Today's brand new podcast is with Elizabeth Gopal from East May Co. And we chat all about how to have an artful approach to weddings and wedding photography. Elizabeth explains what does it mean to actually use an artful approach, why is it important, and how can it make your work stand out in a sea of photographers. Elizabeth is going to share her thoughts and hopefully help inspire you. A little bit about Elizabeth is that she has quickly cultivated a recognized and respected brand aesthetic, and her work has been featured in publications from Martha Stewart Weddings to Over the Moon and plan luxury weddings for prominent clientele, both along the East Coast and internationally. And I'm so excited that she's here. A little bit of housekeeping before we begin today's show. TWHNA is currently accepting sponsorship applications and we can't wait to hear from you. We're looking for people to help sponsor the show and to help you promote your work. We love to partner with brands that align with our mission of educating wedding photographers, including other educators, products, services, and more. So if you're interested, visit www.twjanae.com to find out more and apply to become a sponsor today. And if you love today's show, please tell everyone and help us spread the word. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is swipe up after today's episode and leave a review right in the app. Thank you so much for your support. It means everything. All right, you guys, let's get excited. Let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have an incredible guest today. Elizabeth, can you say hi to everybody? Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. I'm so excited to be on and thank you so much for having me. I know. I'm so, I'm super, super excited and I can't wait to dive into today's topic. But before we get started, let's tell everybody a little bit about you, your company and how you got started. Sure. Well, again, thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, my name is Elizabeth and I'm the owner and creative director behind Eastmade Co. Um, so I wear, honestly, a lot of creative hats in my business, but um, the most, I guess, known one is I'm a wedding planner and designer, um, and we plan and design luxury weddings, mostly along the East Coast, but kind of, you know, from D.C. to New York City. Um, and I also work with photographers and brands to style editorial content for them, Um and we are going into our sixth year of business, which is exciting. Um, before I started planning, I actually worked in the wedding industry as a classical musician. So I was performing at weddings and a lot of that history 
um, is what sort of created my approach to things today, which is exactly what we'll be talking about. So <laughs> I love that. I love that. So when, how did you jump into planning? Like what was the transition from being a musician to, to being a wedding planner? Yeah. So I've definitely always been interested in visual things, um, <laughs> you know, wedding design, even interior design, art, architecture, things like that. Um, you know, even back in high school, I was like reading Vogue magazine and looking at interior uh, magazines and books and things like that. So I've always been interested in visuals. And when I started in the wedding industry as a musician, um, which really actually kind of started happening in college because I would go and perform at weddings, um, even as, you know, kind of a college kid. Um, you know, you just start seeing everything that's happening. And I felt really inspired by it. You know, everything um, when it comes together so often can look so beautiful. And I've always loved love stories and, you know, kind of been a romantic person at heart. And so seeing, you know, the culmination of all of these love stories coming together in such a beautiful way um, was something that really inspired me. So, you know, having experience as a musician um, and playing for weddings for, gosh, probably seven or eight years before I started planning. Um, you know, I, I learned so much and I honestly played at hundreds of weddings as a musician um, and saw so many different things and kind of started feeling like, oh man, maybe I could design something like this. Maybe I could do something like this, you know, and it kind of starts slowly. Like you start helping your friends plan their weddings and recommending vendors to them and things like that. Um, you know, I planned my own wedding I feel like a lot of people say that they're like, Oh, I planned my own wedding. And then, you know, I became a wedding planner. Um, <laughs> so really, you know, it was, it was, it was much more than that for sure. But, um, you know, those were kinds of the things that brought it to home for me. Um, you know, creating celebrations for people that I, that I loved and who were close to me. Um, and realizing that I kind of had a knack for the design element of it. Um, and just, you know, really wanted to bring, a more personalized approach to planning um, than I think what, you know, you might typically see or, you know, than what was happening kind of five to seven years ago, you know, around that time. Yeah, totally. Well, that's why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today because one, you know that I'm a huge fan of your work and your oh, aesthetic and your overall you. style. Yes, I love you. I'm obsessed. And <laughs> I, you know, like talking about, an artful approach to weddings and wedding photography, I thought, you know, let's ask Elizabeth, like what, cause you have such a unique perspective and a u unique eye that I really wanted, I wanted my listeners to, to like sort of be a fly on the wall of how you process things and how, what it means to you. So, so let's get started. Let, let's talk about what having a more artful approach to weddings and wedding photography means to you. Sure. I mean, I, I think there are so many facets to this question, um, and to be honest, it's something that I still am discovering more about with every year that I'm designing weddings. Um, so I don't, I don't think there's necessarily an easy answer, but I think, you know, maybe the short answer is, is kind of along the lines of thinking about things from a perspective of beauty and emotion and just, you know, considering the history and stories that we have, you know, been 
able to admire for centuries that have been um, preserved in art, various forms of art. Um, you know, you can look at sculpture or painting or, you know, opera music, literature, there are so many things, um, architecture. And, you know, I think drawing inspiration from those stories that have been created over time and those artful elements um, and somehow bringing those details and inspiration into your approach now in today's world for creating weddings and for photographing weddings is, is kind of what, you know, drives my my whole thought for design and, and definitely kind of, you know, defines that artful approach. So, right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's just a, a new way of, or a different way of processing, you know, how you approach a wedding, you know, how you approach yeah. your photography. Definitely. Definitely. And I think also, you know, I literally preparing for this last night, I like Googled fine art weddings because <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> think about, you know, the true definition of things and kind of, you know, where did this come from? Um, and so thinking about being a fine art wedding photographer now, sometimes I feel like that can encompass varied styles and a lot of photographers call themselves fine art wedding photographers. But I think there's a more kind of detailed way to pursue that avenue by really thinking about creating artistry in your work um, and, you know, enabling yourself to both see different scenes in a more artistic way, but also, I mean, you know how it is in a real wedding day. Like you can walk into a hotel room where the bride is getting ready with her bridesmaids and think to yourself, you know, oh my God, how am I going to make this artistic? <laughs> you know, like, like this carpet is, you know, an ugly pattern from 10 years ago. How am I going to really turn this around and make it a frameable moment that, you know, could even mimic a painting or something. So I think there are a lot of, you know, ways and kind of tips and tricks to, to turn around everyday scenes and make them more beautiful and more, you know, art driven. Right. Yeah. And we've all been there. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you walk into a hotel, you're like, Oh no, this is going to be a challenge. And, and sometimes the challenge is fun. You know, you're like, okay, well, how am I going to solve this problem? And I, and for, as a wedding photographer, when I look back at my work for a really challenging getting ready location, and I've able to create something that is true to me and true to my style and still, you know, beautiful that you would, you would never know where it was. Like, I feel like that's a win, you know, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, like this still evokes the emotion I wanted it to, even though the place was a disaster. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, that same mentality can be applied to any portion of the wedding day. I mean, gosh, even, you know, styling flat lays or, you know, picking a reception space, picking a cocktail hour space and, you know, photographing it in a way that's going to be, um, you know, that's going to really show the beauty of things and, you know, maybe avoid like capturing that neon exit sign in the background, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> or knowing that you're going to get rid of it when, before you deliver it. <laughs> right, right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People like that when they're like, oh, yeah, those are all missing for some reason. Exactly. <laughs> like, I photoshopped them all for you. Yeah. But, you know, I think what you are, what the, you know, the underlying narrative is that but you photographers being more intentional with what they're photographing, you know, not just, 
you know, looking at a room and being like, okay, it is what it is. I'm not going to insert myself, you know, inserting yourself a little bit kind of is necessary to create, you know, a little bit more beauty. What do you think about, you know, how do you feel about that? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think there's kind of a mix because, you know, we still want to have those authentic moments from a a real wedding day. Um, And we still want to capture things as they are. And, you know, it's important to capture people feeling comfortable and interacting and showing their emotions and things like that. But I think there can be a nice blend of, of these sort of sides of, of the coin, right? So I think <laughs> that, you know, honestly, moving forward, especially after the pandemic year, um, I think clients and, and people in general are more and more interested in the beauty of emotion and the beauty of coming together and having that interaction. But, you know, for me, as a designer, it all goes back to how can I design a space that will facilitate that and that will allow people to feel, you know, warm and comfortable. And, you know, we kind of create this ambiance. Um, so whether I'm doing it with design or whether, you know, you're picking a, a beautiful location as a photographer to, you know, kind of set this scene for the day. Um, I think setting a magical scene just makes people feel a little bit, um, more almost inspired to to live and to like really experience those you know joyful emotions of a wedding day um you know or to cry with joy or you know whatever whatever emotions they may have but i think setting this kind of more um you know aesthetically pleasing scene almost enables a lot of that yeah yeah i think it gives you a lot of freedom to create magic and you know just capture people as they are because there is less interaction from you, mm-hmm. you know, you meaning the photographer or the planner or the stylist, because you have as a plant, you know, as a designer have set the tone and created this sort of idyllic um, environment. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so how would someone who's interested in exploring uh, becoming more intentional with their photography get started? Yeah, I mean, I think there are definitely a lot of places to find inspiration and to look for inspiration. Um, I think the number one thing is even going back on what you've experienced in your personal history. So, you know, for me, going back to my musical background, it's always such a key element. Um, You know, I played classical viola, which talk about a niche or, you know, a niche career. (laughs) Um, You know, I I played violin as well, but, but classical viola was really um, what I have degrees in and what I was trained in. Um, But yeah, you know, it kind of, it it taught me so many things about um, interacting with people, reading people's emotions, um, you know, also kind of focusing on the beauty of things. And I remember one of my teachers growing up was always saying like, okay, you want to make every single note you play the most beautiful note you've ever played. Um, So it's like, you know, that attention to detail with every single element of something, um, you know, is kind of driving everything. (laughs) It's kind of overwhelming to think about. Um, But I think, you know, starting to think a little bit at a time about, okay, you know, if I have a scene here, what is going to facilitate a more artful photograph, right? So, you know, okay, there's this outlet in the background. Well, I can airbrush that out or, you know, Photoshop that out. Or, well, you know, there's kind of this ugly 
pillow on this couch that the bride is sitting on that really doesn't go with this aesthetic? Can I move that pillow out of the way? Right. So I think it kind of starts simple. But then I think overall, as a creative person, you can draw on your past experiences, um, even things like travel or, you know, even going to an art museum. Um, I know, you know, personally, I always get inspired by travel, but obviously during this time, that's been difficult and honestly impossible to do, (laughs) Um, unfortunately. So, you know, a lot of times I'll just go on Pinterest or on Instagram and I, I scroll through, you know, accounts of people who are in other industries and see what they're sharing and what they're inspired by. Um, you know, for me, I always look at like interior designers, um, fashion designers, you know, stylists, architects, things like that. Um, you know, people who are creating something original and unique to them um, in a certain style really kind of inspires the way I see things and, you know, the way I think about, okay, well, what's next? Like, what do I want to do next? And how do I want to, you know, do something even better than what I've done before? Yeah, I love that. I love that you look for inspiration in those places. Do you ever feel or maybe find that, do you have any sort of like, um, like comparison, like the, you know, the thief, uh, you know, thief of joy, right? They say like, do you ever find that like the comparison game or you're just looking at it for inspiration because maybe you're looking outside of your industry? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think the comparison struggle is very real. Um, (laughs) And uh, for me, I don't know. I, I've always kind of been taught, I think, especially as a musician, because like, honestly, the music world is so intense and cutthroat sometimes. I mean, you'll be taking an orchestra audition and playing a certain list of, of music, of excerpts, and there's someone playing the exact same list of excerpts in the room right next to you. And you can hear them and you can hear everything they're playing. And, you know, it's five minutes before you have to go and perform these excerpts in a really high stress situation on stage or something like that. So I kind of, through that realm and through my initial career kind of got used to tuning other things out um, Mm -hmm. and really focusing on myself and what I was doing and trying to just be better than what I did yesterday, you know, Um, because the truth is other people are are always going to be doing different things than you. I think, you know, it's important to see in some way that's kind of what makes creativity awesome Um, because, you know, you and I can be faced with the exact same project, but we're going to come up with entirely different ideas on how to design something or how to photograph something or how to, you know, bring a project to life. So for me, you know, thinking about it in that way, it's kind of a mindset shift because, you know, you're trying to think like, well, I'm going to always do something unique because no one else in the world is like me. So I don't know, to me, it's almost like, I almost think of it as like a selfish way to think because you're, <laughs> you're thinking about yourself and you know, you're trying to not think about what other people are doing. Um, but I think, you know, in this case, looking for inspiration, um, you know, I, I think it's good to kind of have a feel of what other people in your exact, you know, job are doing. Um, you know, I certainly look from time to time at like other designers and other planners and, um, you know, I kind of want to get a feel for what they're showing as far as like certain trends and styles and things like that. Um, Because, you know, I also want to make sure that I'm not like 
doing something off the deep end or like too far off <laughs> from like what other people are wanting. Um, but I think at the same time, you know, you definitely have to be mindful of what your limit is for that as a creative. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people who struggle with, with the comparison game and, you know, if, if unfollowing someone on Instagram is going to bring you a more positive mindset, um, you know, sometimes that's what you have to do. I don't know. (laughs) No, I I agree. I agree. And I love that you were talking about mindset a little bit. And, you know, I love that you said you look at it in a way that no one is going to, no one is you, no one is ever going to make an event or style a wedding or create uh, your unique experience because they don't have you what you have your talents and I think for as a photographer it's the same way it's like you know how many people inquire with me and then I I know who they're talking to and I'm like well we're totally different people and it's really about what they want and if we if we connect and if I can bring their vision to life with my eyes yeah that makes sense yes so I I really love that you brought that up because I think for people listening, you know, and if they're just starting out and like, well, X, Y, and Z, you know, travels all the time, they shoot all these places, you know, you want to come back to what is your approach to weddings? What makes you happy? Like, how can you bring your special gift, like your talents to your clients? And and I I love that you touched upon that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting to talk about. And actually, I, I talk to people about this a lot because I think it's something that every creative, um, kind of faces at some point, whether they have, you know, 15 years of experience or two years of experience, you know, and I think it's also, in, it's, it's easy in our industry to come in as kind of a newbie and start comparing yourself to people who have been in the industry for, you know, over a decade. Um, and it's really easy to say, you know, oh, those people, like you mentioned, are off, you know, in Italy shooting this Lake Como wedding or whatever. Um <laughs> you know, why am I not doing that? And it's kind of like, you know, if somebody threw me after one year of planning, you know, into planning a million dollar wedding, I'm, oh my God, I, I would have been so overwhelmed. I mean, you kind of have to think about like working up to things in an organic way. <laughs> um, and so that you're really well equipped to handle that situation when, when you get there, you know, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So I agree. So as a, so as a wedding planner, you know, I think it would be great if you could share, you know, what you look for in a photographer's portfolio and, and how that makes you feel confident in recommending them to the clients that you work with, or even maybe potentially collaborating with them on a shoot. Yeah, this is such a huge question. Um, Honestly, I'm asked this a lot. And coincidentally, I know we're both speaking uh, later this year at Hybrid Co. And this is exactly the topic that I'll be speaking on <laughs> um, okay, at we the get conference. A exactly. Yeah. So um, there are a lot of things. I think, you know, for every planner, it might be a little bit different. For me, especially because I really champion design and aesthetic and style and all of that, um, for me, the design aesthetic and style aesthetic of what a photographer is showing in their portfolio is so paramount. Uh, Because I think also, you know, when I'm recommending somebody to a real client, I want that client to be able to look at their portfolio and say, you know, oh, we're having, I don't know, for example, like a like a sleek, minimal um, rooftop wedding in New York City, you know, has this photographer that we're looking at 
shot in that kind of aesthetic before. You know, we value candid shots and movement and emotion. Do they have images to show like that? Or is everything more posed? And, you know, is their whole portfolio like pastel tented weddings? You know, it's, it's very different stylistically. So for me, you know, those are, that's kind of where I start um, with recommending, but sorry, I keep having a (laughs) lump in my throat (laughs) because I'm talking. Um, But yeah, you know, that's always kind of the first thing. And then I think also, um, you know, for me, I really kind of like to look at originality. Um, You know, what is their posing like? Are they able to get their couples to relax and feel comfortable? Um, You know, do their couples look stiff in front of their lens? Do, is the photographer able to kind of facilitate, you know, a natural organic chemistry uh, between their subjects, between their couples? Um, You know, also composition. There are definitely certain angles, you know, as a designer that I like and kind of prefer for um, table shots, um, you know, even lighting are, is a photographer shooting with publication in mind, you know, like, could I see um, images that they're sharing featured in Martha Weddings or, you know, Style Me Pretty or things like that. Um, I also think lighting is a huge thing. So, you know, it's interesting because on Instagram, everyone wants a really cohesive feed. So, so you know, the majority of photographers, I feel, share daylight, um, fil- you know, whether it's film or digital. But, you know, a lot of people share like mostly daylight natural light images. Um, And so I think it's also important to go deeper and see the full gallery of someone, you know, how are they shooting things at night? Um, Can they light up a ballroom successfully? You know, are there, are there darker shots muddy or, you know, are the colors off? So, you know, there's so many things about kind of coloring of, of shots that I look for. Um, And, you know, I think our clients are looking for that too. Um, you know, a lot of our couples really want to see like skin tones represented well. Um, and you know, so that things are like, I think, I think people want to be represented in photos as they look in real life. Um, so I think that's, you know, another important thing. Um, yeah. And then of course, you know, going into the planner side of me, (laughs) which is, you know, the more logistical questions, like, um, you know, is, is, a, is a photographer experienced enough to be cognizant of our timeline? You know, can they stick to a timeline framework and perform confidently um, and calmly under potential stressful situations? You know, like, I mean, gosh, I was at a wedding once where on the radar, we were literally tracking scattered tornadoes in the area. And it, you know... <laughs> It's a terrifying situation to be in, like some of the things that can happen in real life at real weddings, but it's so important to, you know, cultivate a team and, you know, curate an an experienced team who, when something crazy like that comes up, you know, they can think quickly and say, okay, well, let me take the couple into this other location or, you know, let's improvise and change around our schedule and do couple portraits now so we can get the bridal party indoors. And, you know, like, how can we be flexible? I think that's so important. Um, so, you know, being organized, uh, being communicative, you know, all of those things are so important too. And then I think also, I always look at personality too. Um, you know, it's, 
a lot of a lot of planners get the question of, you know, do you have like a certain vendor list that you send out to all of your couples? Um, and my answer to that is, I have a huge list, but I don't send the same recommendations to every couple because, um, you know, I think it's it's good to assess personality wise, you know, what a couple might respond best to in terms of the vibe and personality from their photographer. So, you know, whether someone is like super warm and friendly and outgoing or whether they're a bit more introverted, you know, what's going to really be the best fit for the couple. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as a wedding photographer, I know like when I work with planners, like you guys, so, you know, you have a huge list, but you do the legwork of pairing, of making the connect, you know, making a good pair or good judgment mm-hmm. call. And, uh, you know, you're not going to overwhelm your client who's asked you to do all the hard work. <laughs> like, here are my 50 photographers. You choose. Like, right. No, no. Right. And yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's hard sometimes because, you know, there are so many photographers out there who are really talented too. Um, you know, yeah. and so a lot of it, it's, it's kind of like all these factors are, you know, being considered. Um, and ultimately, you know, I always went, recommend a few and, and I love for our clients to speak with the photographer directly. Um, and I know not all planners necessarily do that, but, you know, I think it's important for the clients to feel comfortable, um, with the person that's going to be there with them throughout the whole entire day. So, right. yeah. yeah, I agree. with. I love that. Yeah, I agree with that. So, you know, as a designer, as we talk to your designer mm-hmm. side, you know, uh, <laughs> um, you know, do you do you share? I think you touched on this before, and I want to dive a little bit more into this. Like, do you share your vision for a particular photograph or angles that you're envisioning um, with the photographers you're working with? Like, you you want you have an artful approach to designing. Do you want to have an artful approach to get the results? You know that that you're envisioning. In, in the totally. photos. Yes. Um, short answer. Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And it's funny because I used to kind of warn um, photographers when I worked with them for the first time, um, I would, I would kind of give them a disclaimer and just say like, you know, I, I'm kind of like bossy um, in a good way, you know, like in a collaborative way, but like, I, you know, I, I want to tell you what I'm envisioning here. <laughs> And, um, you know, I think photographers, at least all the ones that I've worked with have been super receptive to that and super collaborative with it. Um, you know, I, I imagine that it would be somewhat of a challenge as a photographer going into a very complex wedding scenario. And, you know, you have no idea what to expect. You don't know what details are going into it. Um, you know, you're not sure what the lighting situations are going to be like. So, you know, those are always things that I definitely discuss in detail with photographers, um, even a couple months before a wedding so that they can feel, you know, as prepped as possible going in. Um, you know, and, and there are definitely certain elements too that are, that are more important to the client. Like, let's say, you know, we have a client invest in like a super custom dance floor wrap. Um, you know, with this beautiful monogram, we definitely want, you know, some great shots of that. So, you know, telling the photographer, okay, you know, here are the, you know, top few things that our clients have chosen as kind of those wow factors for their wedding. You know, we really want great shots of those. Um, and there are definitely also certain 
you know, table orientation shots and things like that. Because, you know, even when I'm designing, I'm kind of thinking about, okay, well, how, where's kind of the hero shot of this head table, for example, or, you know, where's, where's the hero shot of like the best place setting, you know, I always kind of go around with the photographer, even at the event, as they're shooting the room details and show them um, so that they can shoot more quickly. You know, I kind of show them like, all right, well, here's my favorite floral arrangement. This one has the best rose in it. So go ahead and take a picture of this one. And then, you know, let's move over here because we have a tall arrangement over here and that's different. And we want to show that we did two different um, place settings in this reception and things like that. So yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely I'm proactive in, in collaborating, but at the same time, you know, I, I think that all of the photographers that we work with are so talented and they all have incredible eye for detail and an eye for, you know, creating art. So, you know, I like for it to be a collaborative process, but also, you know, I really trust the people that we work with um, in terms of, you know, capturing all these details for the day. And that kind of goes back to the last question of, you know, what do you look for in a photographer's portfolio? Because I think at a certain level and, you know, level of experience, um, you know, the photographer will know kind of what you're looking for as a, as a designer and planner. Oh, yeah, totally. And I, I love that you do that. I think as a photographer, that information is, is vital for, for me and for you and, and having a wonderful portfolio and like gallery at the end for the client and for you. And like, if we want to submit, like, it's all like a collaboration. So the more I love information, yeah. <laughs> so the more I have of it, the better, I feel like the better the outcome. Oh yeah. And it's, I mean, it's helpful for me too, to hear from a photographer, you know, photographer's perspective, like, um, for example, this past fall, we had a wedding where, um, the, it was at sunset time. So, you know, the only, if we had kind of stuck to the timeline, the reception detail photos would have been in the dark. Um, and so, you know, we staged and set up an extra reception table before the ceremony to shoot those details early so that they could be in natural light, you know, kind of golden hour light. Um, so that we wouldn't just have dark reception photos. <laughs> um, right. you know, so even yeah. talking to, to people collaboratively about, you know, building that kind of timeline, um, is there anything we want to move around so that the conditions are better for better photos, you know, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even listening to you say that, I'm like, oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. I think some photographers, including myself, would get a little nervous asking the planner, hey, is there any room for negotiation or what can we do here? So it's nice to hear that that you do, you know, you would do that for your couple to get them a different variety of Yeah, photos. and I mean, I think for something like that, it also just depends on the situation. Um, you know, I have actually had another photographer um, that I've had, you know, a long working relationship with. So I think they felt comfortable asking this, but I've had another photographer ask me that question about, you know, can you set up a different table for us earlier? Um, and I was like, no, I'm sorry, there's literally no way. <laughs> so it's just, 
you know, it depends on the day. It depends, you know, on the scenario where it would be, what rentals we have available and things like that. And kind of, you know, how the rest of the timeline flows. Um, but, you know, I also don't want to only focus on, on the details like that. You know, I think prioritizing portraits and people and moments is always, you know, the, those are always kind of the first concern and the first thing. And so, you know, doing some of these details and, and facilitating the details is kind of the next step down. So for some couples, it's, super important. And, you know, honestly, for everyone we work with, it's very important to them. Um, but at the same time, you know, we also really want to facilitate couples portraits and, you know, those photos that people are going to frame and hang on their wall, you know? Yeah. 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 The ones that, that they really love yes. and yes. <laughs> for grandma. Oh yeah. Everything. Yeah. Those are my favorite. I exactly. Love those. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things we talked about was, you know, create uh, curating your aesthetic, um, and sort of having a more artful approach and, and, and getting into this sort of mindset for your photography. And I think it maybe if you could maybe suggest to our listeners, you know, how they could start that process on their own. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think definitely looking for inspiration outside of the wedding industry. Um, I've heard other people say this before too, and it is so helpful you know, even on Pinterest or on, or on Instagram, it's so easy to look up different keywords. I mean, you could you could build a whole Pinterest board about like Dutch masters still life painting or, you know, Renaissance romantic, like, you know, Renaissance paintings of women or something like that. Um, look at the posing, look at the lighting, look at the composition of paintings. Um, and you could literally build out different Pinterest inspiration boards for yourself based on all of these different kind of historical stories and, you know, historical art forms. Um, so, you know, if you want to, I don't know, I feel like a fun goal or project would even be once a week to just pick something different and go and learn about it, you know, like pick an opera and learn the story and watch a clip of it on YouTube and figure out, you know, what kind of emotion can I bring from this opera into my work as a photographer? Um, you know, what are the costumes like? What are the fabrics like? You know, look at textiles. There are so many things. I could, I could go on about this forever, as you can probably tell. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I would say also, like, I know I'm kind of talking about it in terms of, you know, go on your computer and look around, um, only because we're still in, in this pandemic. But, um, you know, look at pictures of travel, go on even like Google street view and take a walk through Paris, right? I mean, look at the architecture, look at the restaurants, look at how, um, what kinds of brands are there with, with storefronts and look at how, um, things are merchandised, right? Like visual merchandising is always such a huge inspiration factor for me, um, so I don't know. I always get the most inspired, like when I go to New York or Paris or some kind of big city and they have all of the latest and greatest design in their cafes and restaurants. And, you know, even the way menus are branded for some of these restaurants, it's like, you know, I live in Baltimore. We don't, we don't have as many options like that here. So <laughs> those are, yeah, I mean, there's right. so many things to look at, but 
I think starting to think about training your eye and kind of expanding your mind into this more visually oriented world is such an interesting thing to think about. And it's, I also want to say, you know, creativity is such a muscle that you kind of have to learn to flex, right? So, you know, sometimes people ask me, you know, how, how do you think that way all the time? And the answer is like, I really don't. Um, if I thought that way all the time where I was constantly brainstorming, I would be exhausted because <laughs> it really is hard work to think about new things and to try to brainstorm creative ideas. Um, so, you know, if you're kind of starting off again, think about it like once a week or, you know, think every so often, okay, well, I'm going to create a whole new mood board for myself. That's just one page and it's bringing together, you know, a certain style aesthetic of, of things or, you know, something like that. I think it's, it's kind of cool to, to practice that. Um, and it'll help you get better and better at flexing that muscle. Yeah, I love that. I, I love the tip of going to Google Earth and and walking yeah. around Paris, even the, from the from your computer. I forgot. I you know. Didn't do that. I know. Well, it's been interesting, <laughs> like during the pandemic, because especially in the beginning, there were a lot of um, free resources from even like the Metropolitan Opera. They were airing a few performances, and you know, different art museums were showing virtual tours and things like that. So you know, take yourself virtually to a city if you can't go in person and, you know, walk through and see, like, what storefronts look like, you know, what does the architecture look like? It's so fun to go and get inspired by different places, even if you can't be there in person. Yeah, and I love the challenge of at the end of this, this is such a good one. If you guys make a Pinterest or or want to dive deep into one topic and then see how you can bring that into your photography. And I think that's such a great challenge. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And it's, again, it's like, it's really something you have to practice. Um, You know, I think it's Mm -hmm. over time, you can sort of train your eye to see the world in that way um, in a more detailed, appreciative way, but it's, it's hard to do you know, when we're kind of at home, like I look out my window and see the same view every single day. (laughs) But, you know, then when I look at something in more depth, or, you know, even when I look at like, my favorite chair in my house, which is like this antique French chair, like, of course, but um, (laughs) that sounds like so, (laughs) so like snobby, and I don't mean for it to be but um no, there's this chair that I have in my office. And like, when I look at it more in detail, I think, you know, oh my gosh, look at this kind of scroll work pattern. It almost looks like a seashell. Well, let me go look at seashells. Let me get inspired by that and how nature has created that. And, oh, nature also creates pearls. Let me look at those. You know, it's it's like this um, falling down a rabbit hole almost of looking at things in a more in-depth kind of artistic, creative way. So... I'm jealous you have a chair from Paris. (laughs) I don't don't think it's actually from Paris. I found it at this antique store in Maryland and it's just this like gold, um, you know, gilded kind of like filigree embellished chair and it matches nothing else in my house, but I just loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have something to inspire you. That's what it is. An inspiration piece. (laughs) 
And I love that you like, so why well, do this too at home? You know, surround yourself with things that inspire you and that, you know, you're like, oh, a seashell. I know when we were talking a while ago, we were talking about it was snowing and you were like, oh, the colors of the snow and yeah. the gradient. And I love how your, your brain thinks like that. You know, for me, I'm like, oh, it's just snowing. But then you were talking about the shadows and it's just such a nice, I don't know, I want to say like breath of fresh air, you know, like speaking with someone who thinks of something so different, but it's so. Yeah. And it's also like very reflective and the practical person in me is like, oh, this sounds so, you know, hippy dippy or like very, you know, (laughs) like you sound like a crazy person, like, you know, going (laughs) off and think about thinking about, you know, how many millions of types of snowflakes there are and things like that. But, you know, (laughs) I find like if you just start thinking about even one thing or if you're inspired by one building or, you know, one brand and their aesthetic um, and their typography and logo, you know, it it only really takes one thing to kind of think more broadly and openly about everything else and how you can kind of see the beauty in everything. So, yeah, I love that. And then I want to ask you, I know um, you kind of help professionals figure this stuff out, right? Like what do you, I do. do Yeah. So um, a lot of times I'll work with, with um, creative brands. Um, Gosh, I've worked with photographers, florists, uh, stationers, planners, (laughs) um, all sorts of, of different kinds of, you know, talented people um, to better curate their brand aesthetic, um, and to really come up with their own, you know, inspiration that is genuine to them and authentic to them, um, you know, in terms of curating their brand. So, you know, it's, it's something I kind of started offering just with Instagram feeds and, you know, how can we better curate your brand on your Instagram? But it also sort of expanded into this mentoring role of, you know, how can we, develop a brand that is unique to you that's not going to be like anyone else's and you know again if you draw on all these things that we've been talking about and kind of your own history and your own experience and you know story of your of your life experience um you know and also your genuine likes and things like that you know we can kind of build this this unique brand um that's very curated but that's that's very personal so yes all of that it's so fun to do that because I think, you know, again, everyone's different. And so everyone's going to pick out different loves and different, you know, inspiration pieces and, and things that they want to draw into, um, into the work that they create. Yeah. I love that. And it's such a great, a valuable service that you provide. And I, I, when I see your students or the people you, you collaborate with on Instagram, I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, yay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's just, you put so much attention to detail and to things and they, they each feel different, but it's also like a little bit of you in there. So it's, it's love. It's so well, fun to you. see. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, again, I think a lot of this is about kind of training your eye to see things in a way that, you know, evokes this certain aesthetic that you want to show in your brand. But also, you know, we, we definitely talk about practical things too, like, um, you know, the way images perform on Instagram, you know, the way certain images are more um, eye catching than others and, you know, kind of things like that. Yeah. And it's all helpful information, especially for photographers out there who are, who are trying to, you know, create, um, a more artful brand for themselves. Something yes, more curious. Sure. Oh, and it's so hard, I think, for, 
for people sometimes to distance yourself from your own work. Um, this is something I found actually when I started exploring photography more, like it was really hard for me to look at my images and, you know, whittle them down to like my top five or something like that, you know? <laughs> so that's something else that we talk about definitely too, is, you know, it's, it's, it's important to be kind of, um, to take a step back when you're looking at your own work and, you know, think about like what visually is going to be the most impactful. I mean, it's I so know. hard. It is. <laughs> it is so hard. I will, I, I'm really cutthroat when I curate a gallery and I know what I'm going to deliver to my, my couple or my client, but sometimes it's just like this one or this mm -hmm. one, this one or this one. I'm like, all right, both. I can't, yeah. I can't choose, but they're so similar that the client probably has no idea what's different. But for me, it's such a, it's just built in. I'm like, oh, but the smile, the smirk is a little different in the hand placement. You know, it's very minute, but as an artist, you oh, can yeah. see it right off the bat. So I, I hear I know, struggle I know. I, We've all experienced it. Like now, you know, I get it. I get it too. It's yeah. There are so many complicated things to, to know and to learn as a business owner. You know, it's, it's definitely not always easy. <laughs> No, a hundred percent. No, but this has been amazing. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here. I know. We could chat I for know. hours. I love, <laughs> I love this and I am so excited that you're here. So let's tell everybody um, where they can find out more about you, your company and how to work with you um, yes, on the absolutely. internet. So, um, you know, please go and connect with me and find me on Instagram. That's, that's probably the most, um, the platform that I am on the most frequently. <laughs> So my name on there is just East Made Co. And, um, you know, we have obviously our website as well, um, eastmade.co. And, um, you know, we have an inquiry forum on our website as well. So we can always connect that way. But please, you know, come say hi on Instagram. If you're listening, I'd love to hear from you and, um, you know, hear maybe what inspiration you took away from today or what you're working on um, or, you know, how you're how you're starting to think about the world in this new artistic way. Awesome. And you guys can just swipe up right now. Um, and all this information is in the show notes. So go um, follow Elizabeth and tell her that you love today's show. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Absolutely. I can't wait to have you well, back thank on. Thank you for having me. And I can't wait to talk more soon. Well, that's it, you guys. Thanks so much for being here and listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. A huge shout out and a big thank you to Elizabeth for being our guest today. It was so wonderful chatting with you, and I really hope you help inspire a few listeners to have a more artful approach to wedding photography. Don't forget, if you love today's show, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Just swipe on up right now and leave us a review. Thank you so much. And we can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye you guys.